0: Thank mm-hmm. you. Alright, everyone, welcome back to the Second Shot All American Golf Podcast. I am your host, Tom. As always, here joined by Phil Gilmore. Phil, how are you today? Who
1: freaking day, Tommy?
0: That's right. Uh, we are recording this. Uh, what is today? February 6th, Groundhog Day. Is it Groundhog Day?
1: Yeah, he's he saw a shadow. We're gonna we're gonna be in for another six weeks in winter, Tommy.
0: Lovely. So, yeah, we are recording this uh a little early before we will probably release it probably somewhere in the week of the super bowl uh definitely who day i i obviously agree we haven't seen a playoff one in our lifetime and now we're going to the super bowl
1: uh you know we just had to have somebody like joe burrow come in out of athens uh top joe sparhawk his <laughs> infamous alma mater and just so much goodness has come from this we're we haven't had much to be excited about so good year for football in the queen
0: city totally agree but uh this is not a football podcast um as great as that is uh i did want to ask phil it is obviously february we are coming up pretty close to the college season can you tell us a little bit about uh the mount and uh, what you guys got going on uh, going up here to the season
1: Yeah, so our season starts February 14th for the men and women, so I'm probably going to try to save my players some Valentine's Day gifts and some dinners and such, so just trying to help the budget out, but we've got, uh, I think, a pretty fun spring season ahead of us. Uh, The guys are going to get to play some really top-notch courses like uh, the Trophy Club in Indiana. We're going to get to play the Donald Ross course at uh, French Lick. Um, we get to host the conference this year. So if anybody is uh, looking for something to do the last weekend in April at Miami Whitewater Golf Course, uh, Mount St. Joseph will be hosting the HCAC tournament. So what we're going to have a good year. Um, I'm just really excited to see what these uh, – what these student athletes are going to be capable of doing.
0: I don't want to put you on the spot here, but um, all these public schools are giving their kids off on Monday, the 14th, the day after the Super Bowl. You're, you're going to make them practice.
1: I've already been confronted about morning workouts and uh, I'm on board with our strength and conditioning coach. So, uh, morning workouts and practice, it'll be, Ooh, that's a controversial, uh, Yikes! Yikes! I mean, I I would love to celebrate a Super Bowl win with golf. I mean, wouldn't you?
0: No, no. Um, maybe some sleep, <laughs> some skyline chili, uh, a few other things that just yeah, not m- maybe in the afternoon after after the hangover clears up. But uh, how about this? Maybe if the Bengals win, then they get off.
1: That's a fair point. I, you know, I've actually thinking about that, putting that in the works, but...
0: Or at least morning workouts. Not, not, I mean, not practice, maybe just morning workouts. Yeah, it, that, I think that's a fair point. And then maybe if they lose every point they lose by, maybe that many suicides? Ooh. Do they still run suicides? Is that a thing? You know, I...
1: I, I the only time I ever had to run suicides was when I was late to our morning workouts. So I don't know if that's something that our strength and conditioning coach would do, but, um,
0: you know, only one way to find out, Tom. And maybe if they win, you have to run the amount of points that they win by the, that amount of suicides for you.
1: No, I'll do an eating competition, but I won't do an exercise competition.
0: (laughs) All right. So I did also just realize that uh, this is our first episode of 2022. We have now had an episode in three different calendar years. That is um, shocking. Thank you everyone for listening to the podcast. Uh, give us a follow on Instagram at SSAA Golf Pod, also on Twitter as well as like our Facebook page. Um, today we have an awesome guest. We haven't really had a guest about junior talking about junior golf at least. To the extent that we did today, Um, Ryan Burnett, uh, he is the junior golf leader at Kenwood Country Club. Uh, I really think people will enjoy this, especially people who have kids or are planning to have kids. Or maybe you just have a niece and nephew you want to teach the game to. But uh, it was a great conversation.
1: Yeah, and I think it's something that coaches of all levels can also take something from. Um, Just the developmental stages that... Uh, learning the game of golf takes, but also focusing on where scoring holes are and where most of your strokes happen. So um, he's very passionate, and he's very informative, and uh, he's got a lot of support, and it's really cool to see how much success he is seeing.
0: Absolutely. Well, without further ado, um, please join us in listening to our conversation with Ryan Burnett. All right, everyone. Please welcome our next guest. He is a PGA assistant professional as well as the junior golf leader at Kenwood Country Club, and is also the recipient of the Southern Ohio PGA Section's Youth Player Development Award. Uh, please welcome Ryan Burnett. Ryan, uh, welcome to the show.
2: Thank, thank you all for having me. This is this is exciting.
0: Absolutely. Um, so if you just get to start with a little bit of insight about your background, you know, maybe your playing career and, you know, your career before Kenwood and basically how you ended up there and what got you into the game.
2: I, so I started out, um, I didn't really know I liked golf until, um, I would go out with my dad. Uh, he played, he played six o'clock in the morning with his buddies at the local muni and, um, I would just walk with them. Um, I throw the golf ball down the fairway, but, uh, you know, I I started out. I got plastic clubs and I swung, and you know it was fun. But then I got a club in my hands after throwing the ball, and um, I realized, oh, I can hit the ball, <laughs> and just kind of just kind of went from there. So it was about 12 years old when I really started playing um, and getting serious about it. Um, and then it just kind of it spiraled up. I got to play high school golf um, and. Uh, pretty well lucked into a college scholarship uh, and got to play four years down at Lindsey Wilson um, and just kept getting better there um, and that I mean such a great experience it was a smaller school and so the playing opportunity was there and um, it was a good transition place for me uh, from high school to college and then uh, from there um, I, I learned being a PJ professional uh, was a very attainable route for me career-wise so I uh, I took that and um, just kind of just kept developing. I started out as a, a the day after I um, the day after I graduated college. I started as an assistant pro at uh, my home course uh, down in Paducah, Kentucky, um, and then from there, just kind of kept kept working up, and then moved around, and I finally settled in the the Cincinnati area here.
1: So that's quite a journey. Um, I, I kind of understand the, the path that you went on. I went on somewhat of a similar path. But when did you really kind of get settled into the fact that, hey, you know, junior golf is really what I want to focus on?
2: I, you know, everybody says do what you're good at and do what you love. You know, you know, you don't want work to feel like work. And all growing up, everybody said, you're going to, you could be a good teacher. You could be somebody that can work well with kids. You're, you know, youthful uh, get along with everyone. And so for a while there, I thought, all right, I'll just be a high school te- teacher, coach high school golf, maybe try and get into college, college golf, that thing. So it kind of, everything started forming as a growing up, you know, be a coach. And then it really sank in, you know, the coolest thing at that time when PJ junior league got started, uh, our team in Paducah uh, won, the sec- won the Kentucky Sanction Championship, went to that regional, um, that next level at, uh, it was in Sevierville. And that, that, that's when I learned, uh, you know, about how how really good some PJ Junior League teams get down there. But then that experience of, you know, being a coach and being a leader for, you know, a, a group, especially when it came to golf, uh, just was, this was really a really cool thing, and so from there, you know, I got I stayed involved with junior programs. The program at that place at our at the facility in Paducah is the biggest one in Western Kentucky. Um, kept it on when I was in Illinois, and then it really got to picking up when I got to Triple Crown. Um, same thing. Uh, the the uh, gentleman, he was a former uh, director or the head professional, then general manager John Kells. Uh, he was Ryle's golf coach uh, for a while, and every year consistently they were a great team. And so I got to be his assistant for two years, and I got to see hand-in-hand, hand, you know, um, coaching, a, coaching a team, mentoring players, what to do, what not to do, how to really get involved. And we I got to go back to that regional level uh, with PGA Junior League um, again, and it was – my own team this time. And, you know, it was just a, we got, you know, we got, we, it was a good learning experience, but it was just still a great experience nonetheless. And so as more and more, I got to thinking, you know, juniors are where I like to spend a lot of my time, especially knowing that I, I, I'm not going to be able to play on TV where I can share my impact is, you know, I love the game so much. I want, a, I want to see a kid come to love the game as much as I do. Uh, so that's kind of where – and then that led into where I'm at with, with Kimwood.
0: Now, I don't – I mean, I obviously know what PGA Junior League is. What is the – what's the format for that? Like, what what do they do? Like, is it, a, is it multiple players and they only count so many
2: scores? Like, how do they do that? So it's um, kind of like – it's like Little League Baseball – uh, everybody gets a Jersey. It's a golf shirt with a number on the back of it and the team name on the bag. It's really cool. Um, uh, but it's two on two scramble and you send out four groups of two. Sometimes you have three kids on the same side. Uh, they alternate every three holes, but every three holes is, they call it a flag. Uh, but it's a basically a point. And then you rack up the points against the other team there. So Matt, if you send out all four, like you're supposed to, um, you can get up to 12 points played. Um, it's growing rapidly now and a lot of clubs are able to have so much participation, they can run their own in-house league going on there.
0: I can hear your dog having fun in the background.
2: (laughs) (laughs) She sure is. That that squeaky
0: toy is is going. (laughs) Uh, So I wanted to ask about, uh, I know you're a top 50 coach with Operation 36. Another thing I I was looking at your profile, I was not really familiar with you know, what it is. I did obviously look at the website and kind of read into it a little bit, but can you describe to us what operation 36
2: is? Operation 36. um, It's honestly, op 36 and PJ Julie can work really well together, but operation 36 is. It takes the, you know, the concept of learning how to play golf flips it completely upside down. Instead of saying you got to go get five lessons to play, uh, we get you on the golf course and you start out from 25 yards from the center of the green. Now, everybody thinks, well, wait a minute, that's not a full golf hole. It's got to start and there's a hole at the end. Doesn't matter how long the hole is, but that leads, especially juniors and beginning players, um, that leads you to being able to, um, you know, learn how to start a hole you know, get on the green, put the ball in the hole, put a score down—a uh, lower score than usual when you're starting out. It doesn't take as long. Um, our nine-hole events take—I mean, the average round is about an hour and a half, and that's three juniors in a group as well, um, with their parents along caddying. Um, so, from the goal is to shoot 36 or better. If you shoot, we've had a couple kids shoot 25, 26. Uh, From that, from those early yardages, but then you work to you play from 50 yards. After that, and then 100 yards, 150, 200, and then you get to full tees. You're basically working your way all the way back. The goal, overall goal, is to get somebody comfortable to where they justify. You know, if they want to go out to a public course or anywhere, they justify spending money to play around a golf. Because if they're if they're not ready, then it's just a, a miserable time and it takes takes a long time you get uncomfortable get scared um so with with juniors it's a really great way to introduce just physically playing the game learning through playing and then we have weekly classes that support that mission there's a curriculum involved we can take the curriculum and use it however we need to applying if it's an advanced player if it's a starting out player uh those sorts of things but the idea is to Get them to learn how to play by actually playing. And in turn, that will create more golfers uh, and more rounds of golf and help keep help keep the game healthy.
1: How important do you believe, you know, these short courses that we have coming up and just executive courses, I guess you could say, How how important are those to not just junior golf, but the game of golf alone? Because. You know, by the sounds of what you're talking about, you
2: just you make that with what you have already, right? Um, I, I I was at an executive course when I was in. Um, I worked a season in Illinois. Uh, it's very similar to World of Golf, Little Miami. Um, so I, I think it's I think it's important because again, we're trying to make golf more accessible, more accessible for everybody. And so if the two biggest you know, detractors from being able to play golf is the cost and how long it takes shorter golf course, shorter time. And also shorter golf course, it's usually a little uh, more financially feasible to go out and, uh, and play. So I I think it's a great spot. Especially, I mean, to personally, it's not, I think it's good for anybody that goes out. If me, I can go out to an, I sometimes enjoy an executive course because you know, I need to work on putting the ball on the green and putting it closer, you know, getting up and down. And instead of getting driver and everything and uh, changing, it helps change things up. So it's beneficial for everyone, out uh, every type of golfer, every age, um, anything you can think of.
0: And basically when they're – so back to the, the Operation 36, I had a question about the, the yardage thing. Is Yeah. Do they shoot – is it, do they have to shoot 36 to move back on the yardages, or is it just by age, or like how does that work in terms of them moving back from 25 to 50 and so on?
2: They yes. have to shoot 36 or better in an organized nine-hole event. Uh, we set it up. They have a starting time. They have a scorecard. Um, in some cases, we allow uh, the players to switch cards, and they take theirs. They're keeping their score plus a player score too helping them prep for tournament golf. We don't do that for for each golfer out there, but especially, you know, my kids that are at 150, 200, you know, and they're playing in tournament golf, I let them take care of their own card and make sure that it's just prepping them for actual tournament golf. So, it doesn't matter if you're 6 years old and you can shoot 36 from 100 yards, add a kid, keep it keep it going and then and then that lets them get to you know that challenging yardage that then they get to start working through, and they meet, they go, okay, do I want to fight here or do I want to fly away from this challenge? And a lot of times you see them f- start to fight and go, okay, well, if I'm at 150 yards and I can't get the ball to the green, I need to grow and uh, improve my swing, improve my putting. Uh, however, but yeah, it's, they have to shoot it in a in an organized event to be able to move back.
1: Um, I think we know some people who would struggle shooting 36 from 100 yards and then big guy.
2: <laughs> Unfortunately, and that's, a, and that's a funny component, too, is when I first started with it, everybody's like, well, you know, I think we could start at 100. Right. And, uh, you know, we don't have to start at 25. And I thought, well, if you go out and shoot over uh, 36 on 100 yards, then I get to tell you, you got to move forward. You don't want me to do that, and they're like, "No." It's like, "All right, just rock it from twenty-five. Go get the course record, and work your way
1: back." I, I might use this with some of my college players.
2: There are there are college teams out there that use this. I I, I believe it. I mean, I
0: mean, it makes sense. I mean, I I could tell you that you know, like it's like Phil said. There's plenty of players that I know that could uh could use could use that strategy. Um, but I, I touched on the other program I saw you guys use, Birdie Basics. I, another one I was unfamiliar with. What can you describe? You know what Birdie Basics is.
2: So Birdie Basics essentially, you know, we use the word play um, when describing, you know, how we're learning the game through Operation Thirty Six. Um, so Birdie Basics is all again all around play. So it's designed It's specifically designed for uh, children that are ages three to six. Um, and it centers around the mascot uh, for the program, Mama Birdie. And so essentially, we use instead of instead of you doing structured golf classes, we have stories that center around what we do for the day. So, for example, let's say that Mama Birdie and her friends are maybe they're out at this out of the carnival, right? And somebody's not being as, as careful as they need to be. They go get their head, get their noggin bonked. And now, Oh, you know, now they need to be helped taken care of. So we'll play a putting game where if you put your ball, uh, put the ball into the target, you know, give them, give them golf instruction in their language. So use your tick using a tick tock swing. And, you know, if you want to get into golf posture, bow to a King, bow to the King of the jungle, the lion. So, we're speaking in their language that, um, that they can understand and that they can embrace. So then they can learn through the stories that are set up. So if mom and Birdie's friends get bonked in the head, then let's say we're putting to be able to bring a Band-Aid to that Birdie so they can get taken care of. And then we also know that maybe we need to make sure we're three steps away three big steps away from somebody swinging so we don't get pumped to the head. So it's very it's very play centered and they're allowed to discover, learn again just by, you know, we're just playing.
1: Say I was going to ask you at some point about some of the strategies you use to help produce young golfers and this, I mean, it's absolutely mind boggling how many different strategies you've already told us about that it, you're telling us it's possible for golfers at any age to really understand this and kind of get the etiquette and get the basics of the game
2: pretty quickly. Exactly. And and you know too uh, as a coach, it does I mean it's always finding the way to to, to connect to connect with your student and to connect with that person uh, across from you there. Um, If, if one needs to know that, Hey, you're, you're swinging up five degrees on your driver. That's great. That's going to make the ball go high and far, or, Hey, we need to make sure our feet stay here. So, and so the alligator doesn't bite us. Right. As long as you're, It's so, there's so many different ways to figure out how to connect with, uh, that person across from you there. And as soon as they get it, whatever connection you have, then that's when they start to take off and then the learning, the possibilities are endless with them.
1: I'm thinking about having my kids skip kindergarten and preschool and just go to your program. I think that'd be
2: awesome. (laughs) I, I, hey, I'd love to, I'd love to have them for sure. But, uh, I think what's cool too is, you know, in, like in Operation 36 and, you know, and, and Birdie Basics. Now, granted, I love to take credit for those programs, but, um, just like any good idea, somebody else already, somebody else probably already thought of it. And, you know, uh, with OP 36, you got Matt Reagan and Ryan Daly that in North Carolina, they, they started this and it's really the, the way it's growing is completely awesome. They just paired with golf genius. Um, golf genius is going to help take them to some newer heights and make things better. Birdie basics, Kate Tempesta. Um, she was an, she was a specialized early childhood educator. Um, and she's a, she is a terrific person, a terrific mother. Uh, she's got a son of her own, uh, that's that's absolutely amazing, but she, I mean, that is this is her world, too. And I'm I'm just thankful that these things are out here that I can use, and they're easy to adapt to, plug in, and use, uh, so we can keep, you know, spreading and growing the game, growing the game.
0: So I know you've talked about a lot about the strategies and obviously the different uh, programs you use. What type of Like equipment or maybe technology. I know there's a lot of juniors, maybe not quite as much as if you're teaching like an adult or a competitive, you know, high school or collegiate player. But uh, what type of like equipment and or training aids or technology
2: are you using when um, when teaching? So of course, I mean, we can use. uh, Very fortunate at Kimwood to be blessed with uh, you know technology. We have. FlightScope, uh, video technology, um, all sorts of great training aids. I think the a great one that ties in with Operation 36 is their mobile app. Um, mode, it's a motivational tool for these kids. Now, now they're coming. I'm telling them, okay, you shot, you just shot 50 from 100 yards. You've got work to do. In the app, they can log that they went and practiced for 20 minutes on their putting that I told them to do. They get points for that. They get points on a leaderboard with other participants at Kenwood, not just juniors, ladies, men, whoever's playing. Those points all add up, and Kenwood competes against the rest of the world as well. So they kind of, there's a little bit of competitive edge there too, a motive a motivator, if you will, because everything right now with kids is digital, tech and technological. You got to have a, I mean, a lot of a lot of times you have to have a screen to to do things. So it's almost like a video game that they're playing in real life. Um we always say off 36, 25 yards is like the first level of Candy Crush. It's easy. And you get into where that challenging part and it keeps making you want more and you practice. And so then when you get start getting points for practicing playing golf, uh you get points for watching golf on TV for it in it too. Um, so I think that's that's a really big tool. Um, they have a GPS component on it too. Tells you exactly when you're 25 yards from the center of the green or whatever yardage you're playing from as well.
0: For the 25 yards, are is it only is it always like from the fairway, or is it do you do they switch up where they are like rough, bunker, whatever you know, whatever that is?
2: Depends on the hole, um, and it's always center of the green. So, like. You know, on our Kenview course, uh, sometimes it's a little tough to find that flat spot in the fairway. So that's where I get a little, I have to get a little creative um, in placing it. But generally, it's about as middle of the fairway flat as possible. I mean, I'd be be—I'd be considered evil if I had him on a downhill side hill lie trying to, <laughs> trying to hit a 100-yard shot with a with a driver. That'd
1: be kind of fun to watch, though, as long as you're not from behind the flag. (laughs)
2: Uh, Exactly. Yeah.
1: (laughs) So uh, the I think one of the key components that I want to hear you talk about a little bit is the, the fact that in order to make this all happen, you have to have a supportive club. And it sounds like Kenwood is just they've been amazing for you and the programs. Can you kind of talk about some of the support that the club has given you over the years?
2: You're Phil. You're exactly right. Like I, yes, I, you know, execute the programs, organize, put everything together. But, uh, you know, the the amount of support we have, you know, from our from our board, from our members, from the staff, uh, from you know the team that brought that brought me on, and everything that keeps facilitating. They're not only helping me grow as a professional but also helping our brand as the premier family club in the city helping that grow as well um, you know every year we're sitting I've I've got a team of parents that I speak to at the end of every year and the beginning of every year saying hey what do we think went well what what did we not go well here's my ideas for some uh, some things I noticed too. I, I, this is our fourth season doing everything, and I'm sure everybody's kind of tired of seeing me change things. But at the same time, you know, if you're not trying to adapt and make things a little bit different and a little bit better, then somebody's going to get out ahead of you. So, you know, everybody's bought into the idea that we are the premier family club in the area and we're going to keep being the trendsetters things, um, and I think everybody gets the gets the chance to see that uh, in on Labor Day with the uh, with the LPGA coming to town as well. So again, like like you said, without without Kim, without the support of the membership, the staff, employee partners, everybody there, and, you know, n- nothing that I'm doing really wor- or is sustained. Uh, it's sustained to keep being able to deliver to, to the families there.
0: So I did want to ask about the, the Kroger queen city championship that the LPGA event you guys are hosting. Do you get to play? I'm assuming everyone at the club plays, especially, you know, your professionals, everyone working there, plays some type of part maybe, but what type of part do you get to play in the the event at all?
2: Well, we're still, uh, it's still very early in the process of figuring out who's doing what with it. Um, Right now, uh, we are, you know, we're working very closely with their ter- with the tournament director. Uh, her name's Emily Norrell. She's amazing. Um, I've got a good friend that is uh, on the um, that is going to be a part of the media side of things with with LPGA. Um, and so, right now, we are we're doing everything we can to help get the message out that. This is going to be really awesome for not only, you know, not only for Kimwood, but for Cincinnati in general, because this we had an an event, an LPGA event here for so long. And Nancy Lopez, um, you know, this was kind of her event. And she, you know, she kind of ran it like Tiger did. Tiger used to run Firestone uh, all the time. And, you know, she was out there for the uh, for the announcement of the event uh, with Lexi Thompson. That was a, that was a great day. They had a nice, uh, great clinic for a bunch of uh, local, local players too that day. Um, So right now, you know, everybody's excited. Everybody's, you know, a lot of anticipation. Kindale's going to look awesome. The, the course coming out of the renovation, it's going to be fantastic. Um, And we all just, we're just excited for it.
0: It's strictly going to be on Kendale. There's no, like, it's not like a composite course with multiple holes on different courses, or is it strictly Kendale?
2: From what I understand, it's just Kendale. Now, yeah, from what I understand, it's just Kendale.
0: I just know some of those events, they like to, especially facilities that have the 36 holes, they sometimes like to combine some of those holes every now and again. For sure,
1: for sure. Or go like they do for Torrey Pines and play the north course and the south course, or play... Kenview and Kendale, you know? Right, right, right. right. Brainstorming, but, you know. But um, getting back to the youth aspect of the conversation really quick, um, how how do we get youth into golf if we don't have access to uh, the programs that you have at Kenwood? What do you suggest for just the casual listener who is – trying to get their young one in the golf?
2: I think starting out, the, the less, you know, you make it about finding immediate success, the better. Let them, you know, and especially before 10 years old, you know, what everybody talks about now, you know, don't – the specialization is becoming less popular. LeBron didn't specialize. Michael Jordan didn't specialize. You know, some of the big names out there – Getting specialized in sports, so at that young age, it's important to let them get out and discover it for themselves. You know, let them find the joys in it. If they don't, if they don't take to it too well, not the biggest thing, in, not the biggest deal in the world. If they take to it, excellent. And if they happen to be good, you know, let things let things progress naturally for them out there. But um, if it's just starting out, you can easily, um, because Everybody, lo- I mean. Top golf's a great place Uh, you can go up uh, and just have a great have a great time there but find it find a way to make it to where there's a lot of enjoyment out of what's happening and not you know it's not the pressure filled. it's not based on success isn't defined by going out and shooting two under par the first time out success is hey we went out as a family today and we really had a really great time and guess what Johnny maybe like maybe likes golf. And then you go find, you know, wherever you can. Cincinnati is filled with great facilities uh, in northern Kentucky too. Um, great facilities that have PGA professionals that are, you know, ready and willing to to help you, whether it's your child, yourself, anybody to go out there and they'll be able to help facilitate, you know, purchasing the right clubs. For, for them, getting set up with the right equipment, getting you out. Um, and by all means, I I can personally say it is okay to go out and try the Op36 model. You know, pay, you don't have to go out and start from that full t box out there. There's a start. There's an end. It's not going to take you forever, and the, the scores are going to be a lot lower. It's a great way for the entire family to get out especially if it's a new family an entire family to get out and play physical golf instead of just being on, you know, a mini golf course.
0: I like it. I said I really like that birdie basics program. I think that that is trying to involve stories or getting like a getting a four-year-old to focus on something for for very long is very difficult so having those stories yep. and like trying to relate to them in in another way that isn't just like hey take this club and hit this ball is yeah I, I I really do like the idea of that
2: as soon as you sit there like say if it's a one-on-one lesson and you say all right here you go let's hit some shots okay let's work on our grip after five minutes they're like can I go to the bathroom And so when I a lot of times with my six years and under private lessons, we run a version of birdie basics. I'll have some sort of game element where we don't focus on the skills, uh, but we focus on I try and take them out on the golf course and we play next to the green, you know, learning how to play and get in, you know, keeping things an element of random. But at the same time, they're still interested and they're still actually learning Something, even though they don't think they're learning, it's like it's a way I've always equated to is think they're they're playing golf, but it's kind of like they're watching Paw Patrol. Now,
1: I I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Yeah. Um. So we have a couple questions that we typically ask our guests all the time. So one of the we just want to see what some of your favorite courses are in the area. Um,
2: I have to give, you know, I have to give a shout out to Triple Crown. That's, you know, that, that was my, um, I, it's no coincidence. <laughs> I think that um, my, my best couple of years of playing were when I was around that course and the memberships, a great playing membership there. I still have a lot of friends from that place. Um, I, I think what's happened with the Kendale course at Ken, at Kenwood is amazing um and i and i can't wait for the world to see that later this year um come Camar- so for me this is my 60 year living in cincinnati so you know and you know growing up i wasn't really around much of the you know the big names and everything so camargo was a bit of a unique uh, experience uh, out there i i think i hit 18 greens but had 37 putts when i played out there uh So I there's a there's a lot of um, there's a lot of really fun, fun places out there. Um, TPC uh, is, of course, I've played there in a couple of section events, too. And that's just that's one of those places that every single shot is is a challenge to you. Um, So those are probably some of my some of my more favorite uh, places out there on the on the east side. Elk's Run's great as well.
0: What about, I know you're obviously, you're from Paducah, correct?
2: hmm Yeah. So, and I, I guess maybe you've
0: obviously traveled around and played a little bit. What about outside of the Sensei area? Are there any courses that really stand out to you
2: that you've played at least? Uh, yeah. Down in Kentucky, um, Club at Oldstone in Bowling Green is is a bear. Um, and Hurstborn as well. Um, of course, that's two clubs in Kentucky I, I haven't even mentioned, Valhalla. Um, I have gotten to play Valhalla once, uh, fortunately, and I'm not saying that's not a great place. It's a fantastic place. Um, but again, there, there's a bunch of great courses there. Um, I have to say, uh, we get to play in the, the Las Vegas pro-am, uh, with Southern Isle PGA, and we got to play Cascada a couple years ago. And that's the first time I've, I've hit a, uh, hit a shot from a fairway and a big horn ram is like. Twenty steps away from, from me, just grazing in the in the rough. There, That was kind of that was that was interesting. But the L, you know, being right there off or seeing the Las Vegas Strip, but also having a good hundred and fifty foot uh, drop down into a fairway. Those are my my favorite tee shot to hit is to a to a lo- much lower fairway out there. So, yeah, that's probably a really fun one to go play. And I've gotten to play. I, I always like to count how many courses I've gotten to play that I've also played on video games. Um, And I think I've gotten to play, I got to play Kiwa Island, um, luckily on my honeymoon. Um, And then I think uh, Cog Hill up in, uh, up in Chicago as well.
0: I think we knocked off Harbor Town for us on Tiger Woods. I, I don't know if I've, I don't know if we've knocked out any other ones.
1: I, I knocked out Pebble Beach and Spyglass. Oh, oh geez, sorry, my bad. But <laughs> hey, to be fair, that that was fifteen years ago already. So I, it's probably changed a lot since then. I was lucky, but um, finally, we we got a. Are you a Skyline guy? Now I am. <laughs> he, he had to be baptized at it. Can
0: you oh, tell I us
2: sure your Skyline did. order? uh two uh two cheese conies uh mustard no onions all right that that, that's the correct way to get a (laughs) coney what's that so
0: it's the correct way to get a coney
2: yeah well being an outsider and now this could be really controversial but thank god they put a lot of cheese on there (laughs)
1: Hey, it's Skyway time, baby. You're in good shape.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, now, now, granted, it may sound like I'm becoming a bandwagon Bengals fan because, hey, going to the Super Bowl. Um, but you know, over the last couple of years, I've started to started to root for him and everything. So now that I'm now that I've got roots here with with my family, I'm starting to become a little more Cincinnatian uh, by the by the day
0: you had residents here for a few years before they were relevant. So it's fair. It's completely fair.
2: Yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I did want to ask before we, um, before we stop here, I do want to ask about your playing career. I, I've seen that you've won different, uh, some PGA section events. Uh, talk to us a little bit about your actual playing career.
2: Um, of course, as so I said earlier, um, i felt like i kind of lucked into a a college golf scholarship um you know i knowing now what i do i wish i could talk to myself 15 years ago and say hey do these couple do these things different but at the same time if i would have changed things then i wouldn't be where i am today and i wouldn't trade that trade that for the world um but uh you know i started i got into section events and really when I got into Northern Kentucky, the Cincinnati area is when I really started to elevate my game. And, you know, I came out, won my first event in 2017 down at Big Spring in Louisville. Uh, I, you know, played really well. And uh, my only mistake on the day was a three foot birdie putt or, or par putt that hit the front edge of the hole, and went all the way around. So don't know how that stayed out, but uh I um, I then when I got into Southern Ohio, um, the Southwest chapter, the Cincinnati half of um, the section, uh, the, their stroke play championship at Heatherwood that year. I um, that was a rainy, horrible mess. That uh, we uh, instead of playing thirty six, we only played eighteen, um, and I won that and won that tournament in a playoff. Came out. I had I had to make a a fifteen footer on the eight on the eighteenth hole to birdie and get into the playoff and then i made a 10 footer on the first hole and usually playoffs are not my thing because it's all up here and you get in it's like okay i just have to make sure i try and beat the other guy and you know when you fail at making par you make a bogey so um but all i mean i've been fortunate that the golf swing came easy to me um my uh my late grandfather got me you know I got a lot of his jeans uh, my brother and I say we kind of split him up I got the golf he got his basketball jeans. um and so I've been for, I've been fortunate ever since I started you know I've been able to hit the ball and kind of go and go from there I wish I would have I wish I would have worked on my short game a lot more worked on putting the ball in the hole 100 yards and in I wish I would have done that a lot more um over the years but uh, you know, golf's given me playing the game and now teaching the game, coaching, being involved on the business side of the game. It's given me everything I have with my fam. You know, my, I've got a lovely wife, Lindsay, and beautiful daughter, Lucy. You know, golf's given me everything that, that I have now, and I'll, I'll always be grateful for that.
0: Love it! I think that's a good way to finish. Phil, do you have anything else? I don't. Nice. Th- Thank you so much for staying
1: yeah. on with us.
2: Yeah, abs- absolutely. I po- it's, podcasts are like are like a part of me because I have a forty five minute drive to work and back, so I'm always listening to people. To people talk to me. Uh, so when you guys asked, I was like, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And where can, uh, cool. where can people follow you or get, if they want to get in contact with you, maybe ask questions about junior golf, you know, whatever it may be.
2: Yeah. Um, so I'm on Facebook, just, uh, just Ryan Burnett, um, on Twitter and, uh, Instagram it's Ryan Burnett PGA. Um, you probably want to go to, go to my Instagram instead. Instagram. I have pictures of my daughter, Twitter. All I do is root for Kentucky basketball, um, <laughs> So, but either way, uh, those are great ways to, to get in contact with me. And I'm always, the, the beauty of Operation 36 and Birdie Basics is that it's so easy to incorporate into what everybody's doing at their own clubs. And, uh, you know, I'm always, always willing to speak with somebody if they want to get that going, if they want to get plugged in with that program somewhere, you know, I'm always willing to help find them a spot. Uh, or help make a spot happen that uh, can benefit and just continue to, to grow the game. Their mission by 2025 is to create 1 million golfers through their system. If you pass from 25 yards, then you're considered a lifetime golfer.
0: I like it. Well, I appreciate again you joining us, especially during a uh, UK game. Uh, they are up 15 to 9, just to tell you. I just looked it up for you. Um, we really appreciate you giving her time, especially during, like I said, a UK game. I've seen you on Twitter and I know that it is important to you to be watching the game.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Golf and golf family. Oh, sorry. God, family, golf, UK basketball.
1: <laughs> Very political and diplomatic answer there. Well done.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all
0: right. Thanks again, Ryan.
2: Yeah. Thank you all. Have a good night.
0: You too. You too. Hey, everyone. Tom here. Thank you again for listening to this episode of the Second Shot All-American Golf Podcast. Please don't forget to like our Facebook page, as well as follow us on Twitter and Instagram at S S A A Golf Pod. If you have any questions or feedback, please reach us at secondshotallamericanpod at gmail.com. And if you could, just please rate and review us wherever you listen to your podcast, and we'll see you for the next episode. Thanks, guys.